thank you everyone for checking out another episode of the All Inclusive Sports Podcast. B, we got a lot of stuff to get into today. A whole lot, man. A lot of stuff went down the weekend and prior this week and all that kind of stuff. We got NFL head coaching hirings to get to. We've got we got the championship Sunday set up in the NFL. Yeah. And we've got some scary stuff going on in the NBA with not being able to stick to what they have scheduled so far to this March third midway. Yeah, COVID, man. So already they've had 13 games postponed so far due to <laughs> players not being available due to contact tracing and players not um, abiding by protocols. And they've since then increased those protocols. So Right. And they even talking about, like I, like I said, they're talking about the increasing, I think, two roster spots. It's two or three roster spots for every team. I think that's a great thing to help, you know, even though you have those guys on the team who never get to play, but you know, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it, it'll be good just to make the squad. If, 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 I don't know if they keep it or not, but just to be and on the team. that's interesting because the call-up process is not going to be the same. Usually, like, let's say, for instance, the Warriors, I think they have a team out there in the Bay Area that's obviously their um, affiliate, if you will, for their uh, G League team. Right. But now the G League is actually in the bubble that the NBA teams were in the bubble um, this past fall and going into winter. I didn't so know that. now – the caller process would be a little bit different. Like, hey, you've been down in the bubble, but do we still have to make sure we get you cleared and everything before you can even join the roster? Or if you got shut back down, you're not no longer on the roster, they want to call somebody else up <laughs> now. You got to right. quarantine before you get back right. in the bubble because you got, you're got you not able to, to just jump out of being around the country with these teams and then go straight back to the bubble in Orlando. I think, um, I think – they would have to probably quarantine just just on the safe side, like right. protocol to be safe. But uh, I don't know. I mean, they because they you're right. They've been in the bubble because I think when the player left the bubble in the bubble, they had to get quarantined when they came right. back, right? So that's just what I'm saying. So regular old life, right? So I think it'd be the same process coming out the bubble. And now I've seen the NBA. Obviously, they're doing something because we know Adam Silver has been doing a, a phenomenal job with trying to handle this stuff. So now that obviously he's back out in the real world, if you will, because that NBA bubble was a whole different thing. It was. <laughs> now he's got to increase these protocols, letting these players know, like, hey, the whole handshakes and all that fist bumping and everything that you used to do with your, I guess, friends on the other right, other roster right, or something like that. Right. You already got your guys in the in the locker room that you got to see every day or whatnot, but. When you see these teams, like we've seen the Boston Celtics obviously get hit pretty hard by this. If you're playing against the Boston Celtics, I don't even know if I want to get close to these players, let alone high-fiving it up or shaking hands after the game. We obviously haven't seen any jersey swaps in a very long time. I see what you're saying because of the contact. Right. You don't want to be yeah. So you want to be better safe than sorry with a lot of these situations we've seen thus far with these games being postponed because of the contact tracing or something like that. Not enough roster spots available right now. So to your point, obviously that's a good thing. And – we get to see some of these guys that probably would have never got a chance to see the court right. in that uh, capacity. Like Along with the Celtics, we've seen teams like the Sixers, the Wizards, and the Suns all get their uh, games postponed. postponed. Yeah. And it's really just been this month alone. We're only, ha I guess, halfway through the month of January, and already these many games being canceled. Like Every day there's at least one game being canceled at this point because in December, I think the Rockets maybe had a uh, two-game delay to the start of their season because – of that same situation in December. But since then, like I said, going into January now, we got this kind of being consistent now. Even a player like Carl Anthony Towns, obviously dealing with what he's dealt with um, this past year. His whole now family, he's, yeah. Now he's obviously contracted the disease contracted again. COVID, yeah. So that's a big issue right there as far as somebody that you really, do you really want to get all that you're going to get out of them on the court for the, um, for the remainder of the season, knowing that that's a big concern to him. Um, I'm liking what I'm seeing out of a couple of these teams in the league. Teams like Utah, Orlando, and Grizzlies. Those are three teams I want to talk about, right? So well, Orlando kind of fell, they fell off. They st they st so, yeah, that's yeah. what I said. I liked what I saw coming from it, but Aaron Gordon went down with a hamstring early in the season, and I guess he's still trying to get back to a good pace of what he can do. Yeah, I, I I was gonna say on the side note he got some nice shoes that's uh, <laughs> out right now, but yeah, the, yeah he he went down with an injury. Uh, Forner, uh, he didn't play the other day. He had back spasms yeah, yeah. or something like that. But so, Vucevic yeah. has really been the one that's doing things for them though. He, I, in my eyes, he's the hardest soul of the team. He's been getting threes. You think so? Yeah, he's been getting threes and getting okay. boards. So I really feel like he's been carrying the team along. But still, that has not been able to do well for him because right now they're on a six game losing streak, losing today on MLK Day. The first game up against the Knicks. And, of course, we have been talking about the Knicks a lot the here Knicks lately. Been, because yeah, they've been playing hard. They've they obviously yeah. been a better team than we've seen before. Right. But 
different brand of Knicks basketball going on right now. I don't know what the Orlando Magic are really going to be able to get done to get going, to get back where they need to be. Cause like I said, a 6-2 start was pretty good coming out in the season so far, but not looking look the same anymore. Still a long way to go. Still, still a long way to go. Right. They, they're trending downward, but they still, <laughs> <laughs> it's still a long way to go. But I've liked a lot of what I've been seeing out of Utah. They're on a five-game right. winning streak right now. Obviously, they've always had some good players. You've got Spider Mitchell over there with Mike Conley. And the surprising part to me was Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench. I really didn't see a lot of that going on. What was he before? With the Lakers? The, he was with Cleveland, too, wasn't he? Yeah. So yeah. he got traded to Cleveland from the Lakers, I believe it was. Something like that. Yeah. yeah so Jordan Clarkson, obviously, we obviously, you can hear well, from he the signs. Yeah, but he can play. It's not that he can play. Right. But from the sounds of our voices right now, you can tell it was like, eh, it's not so really a whole lot of certainty. <laughs> Nobody's really checking for him. I got, but him I got being you. a key partner right now, yeah. that could be where it is doing because he's giving some meaningful bench minutes right now to this team. The last time they lost was January 6th to the Knicks that we just talked about. But since then, they've beaten Milwaukee when they hit 25 threes. That was a franchise record for them. Yeah, I remember that night, yeah. Then they've yeah. beaten some teams that obviously, we not really, once again, nobody's really checking for Detroit, Cleveland, Atlanta. But then they beat Denver here recently, and it's like, okay, now you're starting to get into that, that mode of, okay, now right. we're talking about the Western the Conference teams. Upper that obviously echelon be, of the teams, right. Yeah, go. I got you, yeah. Now, the Grizzlies, on the other hand, though, they've been kind of inconsistent, and that's the team that obviously, like I said, always finds themselves somewhere between that four to six range in the league by the time the season's over with that, um, in that bracket out the West. But they had a three-game losing streak, then they followed that up by winning four in a row. So realistically – for what I see from them, I think they need to do a lot better with defense. Just recently, when they played with a, a fully healthy Milwaukee, I'm sorry, Minnesota team, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, and Mike Beasley all had 20 plus points. Right. So at some point, you got to say, okay, I know there's a superstar on this Who team, but <laughs> I, we can't let everybody be an all star on this team right now. But that might be what they have to contend with. They might have to contend with guys trying to be that guy, if you know what I mean. Like. Right. We're all trying to assert ourselves as the guy. So yeah, who's yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, we all want to do this, but can't we all do it at the same time? At, at, at the same – there might be games where one guy takes over other than somebody else. You know what I mean? So And it works know. well It works well for them whenever they do get a chance to share the ball around. Nobody really has to take over as far as the offensive side of that on that team to really get things going for them. But, like I said, their defense is really what the issue was for me looking at that. But we skipped all this stuff by on the NBA side of the things. We obviously talked about all the postponements or whatnot. But still, Big the news. biggest news of the NBA, <laughs> the Big biggest news in the NBA is obviously going to be a trade, right? And it's a trade that we saw for a whole long time right now. We saw it coming. Possibly leaving the bubble. We probably already had anticipated a lot of this when the uh, Rockets decided to fire their head coach, do away with their GM at that time, who obviously is now in Philly. Right. And – you had a disgruntled player, obviously, because his buddy got traded. Well, honestly, I didn't know it was that bad. I mean, not coming out the bubble. You know what I'm saying? They Yeah, they got rid of the uh, Daryl Morey and they got rid of the head coach and all that, but I didn't know he was as disgruntled as he was until this season. You know right. what I'm saying? We started voicing it and stuff like that. So, yeah, so, James Harden. That's, that's <laughs> so, to go back in a little bit of history of that, since James Harden came over to that team, obviously they talked about it a whole lot, being – what was once a six-man-of-the-year turned into MVP. Right. And obviously a perennial all-star with that roster and everything that they had put together. At that point, they tried players like uh, Dwight Howard. They tried Chris, Chris Paul. Paul. Well, the Chris Paul one kind of worked, but it, I think Chris Paul got hurt. But, yeah. And, but we'll get into that in a minute about the next step of that. But okay, come on. <laughs> so you obviously try to put some guys in there like Trevor Reza, who was a good role player for them at that time. Eric Gordon being a six-man of the year back-to-back. Right. Of course, they had to try to sell off half of that roster to go ahead and get Chris <laughs> Paul over there. And obviously, Westbrook. they flipped him to go get Westbrook. So right. with that Westbrook trade, you obviously rekindled some fire between the both of them. It was a big deal, obviously, having those, those two former Thunder players on the same roster and everything. But then he gets kind of hurt going into the bubble with his quad issue that he's had. And then... After game one of the Western Conference semifinals, all of a sudden now it's like, hey, I don't think yeah. we're ever going to see this Rockets team again, man, because they lost four in a row to the Lakers. And then after that, it was like, okay, what's going to be the future of this team now? Like I said, firing the head coach, getting rid of the general manager, brand new head coach who's never had any head coaching experience. Well, he probably learned a couple of things about his daddy. A you new know. GM, <laughs> a new GM that obviously was um, in the front office already, but he just got basically promoted. And right. now he. Right. 
facilitates this trade right now because James Harden pretty much after losing back-to-back games to the Lakers in the regular season of this season now, where at one point they were down by 27 points at the highest low, highest point of the season, after already voicing his opinion of potential trade destinations of where he wanted to possibly go, he finally just came out and said, hey, I don't I'm think this team is right. going anywhere. You're I don't not, think there's anything yeah. I can do to help this team get any better, but that's all I got to say. And then he just walks yeah, off. walks off the podium. And that was the last time we saw him in any kind of Rockets gear at that point representing that Houston Rockets team because that pretty much showed the front office like, hey, it's time to make a move. Right. Because we've heard several things come out from the players so far that said that he obviously was not necessarily a locker room cancer, but they obviously could tell there was a difference in the guy. Well, I could tell that at the beginning when he was when he was doing everything he was doing, he acted like he it, it would seem as though he wanted to be traded. Right. And and I think I told you on on here I told you I said I would just trade him because you have at that point you had a situation where you have a team that's newly trying to fit together and a guy who don't want to be on it and and I was like we you you should better off trade him now than whatever but they decided to wait and yeah <laughs> that's what and happened that's what, and that's what where it got him and I feel like like I mentioned before in previous episodes I feel like they were gonna be playing hardball and contrary to my belief. They didn't go for an all-star player automatically and just say, okay, we're going to trade an all-star for an all-star or a franchise player for a franchise player. They traded him to the Brooklyn Nets but did not get Kyrie back in return. And that's a whole other ball game what's going on with Brooklyn with Kyrie's they, situation right now. They did get building blocks, I right. think. Uh, I, I, I love the fact that Olin Depot's there. Yes. I like Olin Depot. He can play. Now, he's been had a couple of injuries the last couple of seasons. I don't know how he's going to fit in and be with all that, but the dude was a big time player before he got injured. So yeah. we'll see what happens. And then if he can fit, which I think they, they, they can fit, but if they can fit, we never know. A team always beats a couple of superstars at any day. So, and they could be a team. They could be a great team, like a scrappy team that just fits together well. You'd be like, man, where this come from? So, and you know. with this new era of NBA basketball, you really don't see a lot of teams like that that don't necessarily have a perennial superstar in the squad. But just a good team, yeah. Just a good team all in all, well coached and obviously um, well orchestrated together. Because my issue right now would be trying to figure out how this is going to work for the Rockets moving forward. I think that's where James Harden kind of saw things falling off. When you see a new head coach and a new GM walk in the door and he looks around and he's like, man, I had Westbrook, but y'all gave me John Wall. Right. I respect John Wall, but he's not no Westbrook at this point, right? So he probably saw the team moving in a different direction as far as possibly even a rebuild. I wouldn't say that. Um, I think maybe with all the transitions and the moves, maybe he just felt like maybe I should go too. I, I, don't, I don't think he saw it up under a rebuild. I like John Wall. I don't see John Wall as being a rebuild kind of dude. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, but, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't you know. Because yeah, you got guys like Boogie Cousins, obviously, over there also. Right. A well-tenured guy, not looking to just be on a team that's just, just be trying to start up over. and coming. Yeah, kind of, yeah. But the move that was made to get uh, James Harden out of the building seemed like it's almost rebuild moving. You get all these draft picks in return for them guys. Well, sorry, for James Harden. And kind of made it to where you're having to um, basically – see what your future is going to be looking like now where you go ahead and get all these new players on the team. It's not necessarily, oh, we got this guy and that guy. Like I said, the Oladipo part of it was pretty good because they just ended up trading over a piece that they were able to get from the three-team trade that was initially done right. to get that over. So we'll see where the Houston Rockets are going from there. Now well, I, th- talking- I think I think on, on that subject, I think you get you, you get a lot of the picks, though, because, like I said, Oladipo, is a, he's on his last year of his contract. Right, right. Uh, I'm not sure what John Wall's contract is with them because they, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not sure. So maybe you get those pieces because of the guys you got, you don't know if they're really going to work out. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, at the time it was done, when they traded over um, Westbrook over to the Wizards for him, I think they were having identical contracts. So they were both on three-year three year contracts at that time, but like maybe $90 million, I think, or, or, so, yeah. or so actually left over. So he might be there for a few years, depending on what happens. We'll see what happens. happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But now going over to the Brooklyn Nets side of it, because obviously they got a new addition on their team that obviously right. helps them compete in the East. I mean, you got Allegedly. obviously Giannis, Giannis sticking around with the Bucks. I don't know if that decision would have been made if he knew that the Brooklyn Nets were going to be looking like they do now, where he would say, okay, I'll stick it out with Milwaukee. Obviously, we talked about the Sixers and the Celtics being teams that are kind of inconsistent, but they kind of find their foot in it along the way. But what does it mean now for that Brooklyn Nets team? Because a lot of people are feeling like this is really the, the key piece that they were missing, especially now. It seems more like it's insurance for this whole Kyrie situation, though. I, I, okay. 
him and Durant got got, got history. They, they worked well together. I think they'll be fine on that part. I don't know what's going on with Kyrie. He was gone for personal reasons, which nobody knew what the personal reasons was. Uh, now, I don't know if he's always been doing this. He's been burning sage before every game and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. He seems to be on a different uh, – in a different mental space, we we'll just say like that. Right. A different mental space. I'm not sure how much uh, <laughs> basketball takes up with that, but uh, so yeah, I don't know if they're gonna work because of that. Uh, but him and Durant, yeah, they can do whatever they do. But they also lost a lot of pieces that they 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 depend on. So they can be an offensive team, but I think like if it's a nip and tuck game, I don't think they're gonna be able to pull that off. Yeah, because we'll the biggest see. part for me was them having to move Jared Allen as being one of those right. pieces that they had to move around to get James Harden over there. And it's like, okay, now with the funny, ironic part for me is you see James Harden, you see Mike D'Antonio, you think about small ball again because now you don't have that dominant senator. <laughs> you have DeAndre Jordan, but he's not necessarily playing that many minutes for you. He's not necessarily as, uh, I guess, in his prime anymore like he was when I he was with the Clippers. So yeah. I don't really see the same kind of uh, DeAndre Jordan coming out of it. So it'll be interesting to see how they obviously gel together. We've been talking about this whole season so far with the NBA, just getting a lot of these guys to gel together so far. Because you still have teams like Miami, who were obviously in the NBA Finals, that are struggling right now. Struggling hard. You've got all these teams obviously having these postponements and delays and everything that's going on, playing with short rosters. So a lot of these teams winning games right now, you don't really see the full potential. I believe the Knicks beat the Celtics recently here. And when you looked at the, the score sheet, I don't recognize any of the names on the Celtics, on the Celtics <laughs> right there because the Knicks pretty much yeah. beat a JV team at this point. They didn't beat the, beat a team with their all-stars like Tatum and whatnot. So the NBA season still has a lot more to hold, and, I mean, the trade deadline is still not anywhere near. We could still see a lot more pieces being moved around and fix some of these teams because right now only teams we could really look at doing something would be those Lakers because they're still on a, good, a decent winning streak right 11 now. 11-3 and three so right. far, I think that's what the record is. So – them along with the Bucks right now, turning in the right directions and still making progress as far as, okay, let's see if we can get to this midway point and still have our head above water. Trying to get to the midway point in general with postponed games. So we'll right. see how that goes. So, yeah. And seeing that we were sticking along the, the, the topic of Houston sports, Andre Johnson came out recently and decided that he wanted to chime in on the whole uh, Deshaun Watson situation. The old uh, Houston, Houston receiver? Yeah. Okay. So Andre Johnson – Obviously, being a long-term tenured player, he was there when the franchise first began. And I think we might be seeing almost the end of this franchise in general. It's been a long time since we had a franchise move or a franchise fold. But the entire way that the Houston Texans organization has been handling this stuff... They ain't going nowhere. ...has been horrible. <laughs> you let a coach decide to trade away your future wide receiver... But that franchise history right there. But that ain't the first time that's ever happened, and it probably ain't the first time it's going to happen, but okay. And now you have J.J. Watt being the all-pro, all-world defensive piece that he is for that team. Seen a whole lot, been through a whole lot of injury and everything else like that, but still being on this Texans roster. Now you got your disgruntled quarterback now that's coming out here openly and saying, like, hey, when when we had D-Hop, I was already on a, on a two is what he said, and now he's on a ten. On a ten, he tweeted that, yeah. yeah. And he obviously knows that he needs that kind of production on a team. This is a team that already doesn't have a whole lot of run game. This is a team that already doesn't have a whole lot of defense outside of, of J.J. Watt whenever he is available. He got a whole lot of offense either. Exactly. So <laughs> now we got to look into where would be the best fit for Deshaun Watson at this point. Do we see him in New England next year? Is he possibly in Atlanta? About that. There's a lot of teams. I mean, there are so be, many options. He to could be in Jacksonville, for all we know, because the Texans don't have a first round pick, so they could possibly take the first round pick from the Jaguars and get that. Now that part, I highly doubt because of who they just hired. Uh, Urban Meyer right, got the job. Right, right. I highly doubt that he goes to Jacksonville. I think they're gonna want, you know, it's a fresh start. I think they want new everything, but. Uh, so many teams who could use him, who want him. Well, I, I would think who would want him. Washington, even though I like uh, the dude that played yeah. the last game. Yeah, I like him, but Washington. Uh, I read Frisco. You know, yeah. they can get rid of Jimmy. Good, you know, get rid of Jimmy G. coming up pretty big, pretty uh, big for them so far in that. And I like, I like that aspect of things because it lets you know that he obviously has his options open. I mean, he does not have to stay in Houston if he right. doesn't want to. They already passed up on him to kind of add the – I guess, flavor of what's really going on with Deshaun Watson's world. 
He was supposed to be consulted on their GM hiring and has not been really consulted a lot as far as that's concerned. He, he was, was not consulted on their GM hiring. They were supposed and, to consult exactly. him. <laughs> and now with the head coaching uh, situation, they're trying to also get going. I don't know if he's being a whole lot. They have not interviewed or spoken with any of the suggestions that, that he's he thrown out there. Right. right. You ain't got to hire the guy. Just talk to him. So he's feel feel slighted on, on both of those accounts. So it's going to be interesting to see how that thing's unfold right there because there's a lot of quarterback stuff being rotated right now. We've got teams that are obviously knocked out of the playoffs like uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Obviously, we don't know what his future might hold in Pittsburgh, and they have not really been doing a good job as uh, in the previous years as far as finding a nowhere. replacement for him. He ain't going nowhere. Not not next year. I don't see him going nowhere. Unless it's a surprise retirement, I'm tired. But <laughs> I, I, I don't see him going nowhere. Now, uh, talk about retirements, uh, Drew Brees, uh, that's, you know – you don't know. So, he has a lot of options. There's a lot of options uh, right uh, you now. Know, you know, Deshaun Watson got a lot of options to play. So, yeah. So, now we're down to only two more teams left trying to get a head coach. The Houston Texans that we just talked about and the Philadelphia Eagles. So far, we've had the Jets get their guy, Robert, Robert Sala. Uh, I like him. I like him, though. I like him. That was him. a pretty good pickup for them. He's like a, a rugged a rugged player. I'm sorry, a rugged coach that obviously would be able to get along with his players at the same time. But I hope that the front office gives him support and yeah. gives him the stuff that he needs because I, 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 don't, I don't really know if they've you know if they been doing that. I, I've heard other things. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll you see. You mentioned, obviously, Urban Meyer finally making the decision to go and make that leap from the college ranks to going to the NFL right now. So the Jaguars have their guy. Arthur Smith was hired by the Falcons. The Chargers. I don't, I don't really know him. Yeah, I'm not too, yeah, I'm not not too familiar I'm with not him either. Familiar, Neither yeah. am I with uh, Brandon Staley. I remember him playing in the league as well, but uh, Brandon Staley getting that job in L.A. with the Chargers now. So obviously that's them moving on and trying to see what they can do with Justin Herbert in the future. And then hasn't been made completely official yet because obviously the Saints just got knocked out of the playoffs and he has interviewed with uh, – the Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell, who was right. a former tight end. He was a tight ends coach slash assistant head coach too. I think they said he was going to be the guy, Payton. wasn't he? But it, yeah. like I said, it hasn't been made official yet, but we can pretty much see that one. So now we got to look at the teams that we talked about that are still remaining in the mix right now and the possible candidates out there. And of course, you've got the Kansas City Chiefs still in the playoff hunt. So guys like Eric Bieniemy, I think they just approved him today to where they can obviously do some virtual um, – interviews now for these head coaching candidates but we still got a lot of these guys out here that are still looking for possible head coaching uh head coaching positions if you as, will. as far as being me goes i think he's gonna stay at least for another year I, I i don't think he found a situation that he's just totally totally happy with uh and he'll have other opportunities because you know this is the nfl <laughs> so right. so it happens but Every uh, year you can at least right somebody's got, yeah so right now, the, the the Eagles have been looking pretty high on Josh McDaniels. I thought I read something somewhere where Josh McDaniels actually flew down to Tampa and met with um, the front office for the um, Philadelphia Eagles. And Josh McDaniels, I think, had like pretty much an all-dayer with um, the owner there as far as meeting him out there and, and talking to him. So Josh McDaniels obviously once burned the coach where he decided he was right, going to sign with right, them and be their right. head coach, which he eventually – decided to go against go back and to say, England, I'll go yeah. back to New England. And now we're looking at a situation where, okay, are you willing to leave New England at this point? I mean, because they don't even know what their quarterback situation is looking like either. So Josh McDaniel's playbook can just go with him and say, hey, I'll find somewhere else. Well, he's been a head coach before, but I'm, I, I'm not even really worried about the Josh McDaniel's part of it. The Eagles kind of scare me right now. And that's, what, <laughs> and that's what I was thinking as well, because Brian Dable right now is probably the one coach that – I think they've already said that he is not interested in trying to right. coach that team. There's a lot going on with that team already as it is. You've got a head coaching change right now in the most opportune time where you have also a quarterback controversy that was already blooming from years before because you don't win a Super Bowl with a backup head coach and not have a quarterback controversy that your um, supposed quarterback in the future being paid as much as he is is going to be able to stay healthy one and then obviously produce for you too. So that's going to be an interesting situation to follow along with itself right there. And, um, Maybe Jason Garrett. He was in the mix for. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's in the mix because obviously. Um, the the Chargers interview. Yeah, yeah. So, and yeah. <laughs> Joe Brady obviously is another name that's being thrown around right there, um, for a lot of head coaching opportunities, and it's just interesting to see how a lot of these jobs have been taken up thus far already, and like I said, with teams still in the in the playoff hunt right now, we got to figure out who's really going to be moving on whenever a lot of these teams are already wrapping things up, but. If we switch gears right now 
talking about the actual playoff games we saw this weekend in the conference championship. Oh, sorry, the divisional, divisional round. round to set up the conference championship. So we got Much, it, was, it was greatly entertaining, though, man. It was yeah. really, I mean, all of it's really entertaining. That was, I think, that was probably the best takeaway for me right there. We saw a lot of different things. We saw windy conditions making people just miss field goals. Doink, left and right. doink, doink. So. <laughs> I, my one takeaway from that was I know the competition committee was probably smiling like, hey, we already moved back extra points to the 33-yard line. I'm sorry, to 33-yard field goal now. And yeah, they've been missing. Goals, they've been missing extra points all, man, all year. Everybody. And we saw some defensive shutdowns. We saw some unfortunate quarterback um, Knockouts. <laughs> we saw possibly the two oldest quarterbacks to ever go head-to-head and still really not not put a whole lot on, on tape right there. I mean, Drew Brees – I would say lackluster. I think he had a bad game. game. Yeah, he had, he had a pretty bad game. But he also had some help in that because uh, Jerry Cook fumbled when he looking like he finna run off on somebody. You know you ain't faster than dude. Absolutely. Hold the ball. Uh, and, and Mike Thomas didn't have a catch, I don't I, believe. All. He had four targets um, and no catches in that game. So, yeah. so But the defense did a good job. I, I, I will say that. But yeah, the I offense kind of struggled. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think the best thing that worked well for them in that game was having their running back tandems. I think they're both their running backs had like 63-62. And that's yeah. what we went into this game already knowing that the uh, New Orleans Saints were going to be without a running back on their side of it because I think Latavius right, Murray was Murray, already yeah, out. Yeah. So now you have just basically – Drew Brees with his short passes because we can pretty much attest to and say now that Drew Brees does not have the same arm he once did. We saw Jameis Winston come in for a little a little. Uh, we had right a Jameis there. Winston sighting. I was so like, oh. He came in there through a 50-something yard touchdown, and then uh, after I saw it, I, the only thing I could think of was like, man, I hope he doesn't go back on the sideline eating a W. <laughs> <laughs> if he did that, then I know they were definitely going to lose. But still, I guess you could say Tom Brady did what was necessary to win the game himself. I mean, he wasn't looking all the way – all the way, I guess, elite himself, as everybody likes to try to put him up there with. But they did enough to win the game. They made enough plays. Saints, uh, it was two interceptions for sure that the Saints could have had. Exactly. One that uh, Williams didn't get his other foot down. Come on, dude. Got to get your foot down. The other play, Marshawn uh, Latterman made a great play on the ball, just couldn't hold it in. So, you know, those two plays get, get goes the other way. Who knows? And Bruce Arians and his co- coaching staff pretty much did a good job of just managing that game and making sure that they obviously get on to this next round because – it's going to be interesting to try, to try to see them go against this Green Bay team that obviously had a great game this weekend. They did. They did. Uh, I picked the Rams. The Rams were slightly disappointing, especially from a defensive uh, standpoint. I expected them, I expected them to do more. Uh, I, granted, they were banged up and all that kind of stuff, but, you know. And that's what I was going to say, because you on the last episode said that Aaron Donald was going to be fine. You said, it's just ribs. He'll be fine. Well, and okay, he of course. Saw halfway through the game, he was not fine at all. <laughs> whatever cartilage or whatever he had injured, it definitely was not something that you want to draw, try to tackle a grown man with your weight on top of his. That was not what his his uh, game plan was going into that game. And he's fast, he's pretty hard hitting, but those two combinations right there were not going to be good for his health at that point. I, I, I feel you. <laughs> I mean, I feel you. But yeah, I mean, but they they I, I told you they have a, a defensive line. It's not just him. You know, you know they just didn't didn't produce up to the level that I thought they were going to do. That's but all. speaking of Aaron's, though, obviously on the other side of the field, you had Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers. Right. So those two guys pretty much made that game what was worth watching and really what you wanted to see out of that, that Green Bay team, being that they had to buy and everything like that. Let's see how they would actually do with a team. That the Rams coming off that game against Seattle and how they did. But that, Green, uh, sorry, that Rams defense could not get to – Aaron Rodgers like they wanted to, and Aaron Jones had a yeah, 60-yard right. rush. So they couldn't stop the run like they wanted to. Their run pretty yeah. much doubled up so, yeah. what uh, the L.A. Rams were able to um, to get on themselves. And, you know, obviously the L.A. Rams, they don't necessarily have the best run game, obviously, but still. I mean, they had a very adequate running game like coming into the game. You right. you know, Akers and uh, Brown, you, you would think they would do something, but no. Now. And we talked about the whole Ramsey versus Adams matchup, and realistically, I guess you could say – Devontae Adams didn't really do a whole lot of what we expected. I mean, he had nine catches of his 10 targets for 66 yards, and he did get a touchdown. I mean, but yeah. really, who I saw capitalize on that was Lazard. Right. The attention being drawn off, obviously, on someone else was like, hey, I'll go ahead and take advantage of this one. I mean, they, they made plays when they were open. They, 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 they didn't have missed opportunities like some other people had this weekend. Missed opportunities. They, they took advantage of theirs. So, and one of the yeah. biggest things that went on in that game would have been the touchback. What should have been, or could have been, I should say, not should have been, but what could have been a touchdown ended up being a touchback because of somebody reaching out. <laughs> <laughs> I was told online, people obviously talking amongst things and obviously people interviewing, 
that you're not supposed to if you're on the, uh, the Rams to extend out. Why not? <laughs> to extend out, try to get um, the touchdown. Y- you do. Everybody does. We saw, it in, we saw it in two games. If you remember the other one, Cleveland right. and – yeah, I mean, you're trying to score. I mean, you know, you're getting hit, you're trying to score. That's what it is. Just make sure it goes out of bounds. Right. <laughs> so I'm not sure. Do you remember which player that was? I'm having a, having a loss for words. Of who who that was that actually had that play where the ball was knocked out? The Rams and, and, yeah. and the, no. Can't remember dude's name. I, I'm pretty sure his name is everywhere now because of that play right there because it's going to be something that the competition committee really has to talk about right there. Well, they well, they saying you should you should keep the ball when it goes out of bounds right. instead of being a touchback. Which, you know, uh, I heard somebody talking about it this morning that maybe they should back up 10 yards and have, you know, have the ball, whatever. I don't know. Uh, but see, here's the thing about, you say the competition committee, how often does that happen? Yeah. Cause I don't they, think that happens enough in circumstance to be like, let's change the rule. Right. I think it happened a few years back with the Raiders. I think uh, Derek Carr had a situ- situation like that against the Cowboys one time. But it's just a crazy thing to try to think about where it's like, man, we were that close to trying to win this game and then that happened. Well, it happens, you, you know. You hold on to the ball. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't. I, I don't think they. I don't think they address that. And plus, that that's been in the rule book for how long? It's been like that forever. Exactly. It's not something that's. Oh, now it's a problem. It's like it happened twice. You know, this it happened twice. It's a weekend. That's something that happens over and over and over again. Like, do something better. Do something about it. So they. I don't think they will. But we'll see what happens. But we move on to the um, NFC Championship game. And now Bucks we got, and Green Bay? Yeah. Okay. So we got the the competition between the two teams that have the Bay at the end of the names, right? <laughs> That's true. Tampa Bay, Green Bay. Yeah. Right. So we got to really see what's going on with Aaron Rodgers really trying to fulfill this MVP season, I guess, if you will. I don't trust so um, I don't trust Tampa Bay's defense against Green Bay. Um, I don't trust their defense. I, they have nobody – as far as the secondary goes, they have a pretty good D-line. They got a pretty good linebacking core. They don't have anybody in the secondary who you'd be like, yo, this guy can just take Devontae and just take him or do whatever. You don't have anybody like that. On the other side, Green Bay, uh, J.R., I don't know how to explain his name, J.R. Alexander, right, right, he, right. he can run with the best of them. So it's like, okay, who are you going to put him on? I'll put him on Mike, well, maybe. Uh, put him on Mike and let somebody else handle the other two. But I don't know. We'll see. But we'll see what happens. And the undertone and the, I guess you could say, the emphasis and the driving force, whatever you will, of this whole game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into it is the chance to actually host your own Super Bowl. This year's First Super time. Bowl, That's right. First this year's time Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. In, uh, Tampa Bay, I think the most recent team that possibly even had a chance that made it this far in the playoffs Minnesota, wasn't it? was Minnesota. Yeah. They had a chance. was obviously a game away. Fell, fell very short in that game, obviously. <laughs> and... Didn't get a chance to play in their own Super Bowl, but now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have that chance. Tom Brady gets the chance to go to his 10th Super Bowl. So there's a lot riding on this entire game right here. It's 14th Conference Championship yeah. game. It's crazy. I think they showed the stat- statistic that he has more playoff wins than a lot of whole franchises altogether. <laughs> so for what it's worth, obviously, he was with a winning franchise, winning head coach and everything, obviously, right. in New England. And now he's able to make his own path for himself right now before he rides off into the sunset. Um, moving on to the ASC side of things, and to reference the game that we were just talking about, of course, with the – end zone fumble, Cleveland, it would be the Cleveland KC game. So we obviously know that every head coach needs to be coaching that up right now. Like, hey, if you're going towards the end zone, don't try to reach out unless you know you got, you got that pylon in your sights. You can't tell them that. <laughs> you can't tell them that. It's like you're in the heat of the game, you're in the moment. You're trying to do everything that you possibly can to help your team. And what I feel right now is to help my team is to reach out for this end zone. I can't say, <laughs> you know, I can't say – I, the ball's going to not go in the end zone and bounce out the other the end zone and go out of bounds. I don't know. But you're just trying to help your team. You're just trying to make a play. And obviously that was by um, Rashard Higgins. That was the name yeah, of the player I was Higgins trying to Higgins and think I of. think Swanson is the one. Right. That, yeah. So Swanson obviously made what would be, I guess, a questionable call to talk about for future reference, obviously, because whenever a player becomes a runner, the rules kind of go out the window. But then the, obviously the NFL safety committee kind of talks about, oh, well, let's not leave with the helmet. Let's not drive with the helmet. But from – Obviously, a bang-bang perspective, it wasn't really looking like a whole lot going on in that play as far as just the ball. That's what they were focused on. Hey, he didn't reach the goal. The ball came out. It went through the back of the end zone. But nobody realized that he really knocked this dude in the head. So, I would know we – I didn't re- – what, what, but it's different. It differs. You have to account for what the other person is doing 
that you're trying to yeah, hit. Yeah, so he's you obviously living for himself. His head right. is exposed. So, I mean, I'm not trying to hit you in the head, but if you coming out here like like the play Chad Henney did when they got the first down, exactly. he ducked, <laughs> he's diving, yeah. you know, into the ground. And I've, I seen, mean, a, I've seen a lot of that with uh, Patrick Mahomes, and obviously we're talking about Chad Henney because Patrick Mahomes was obviously concussed in that game because of a questionable uh, play that he made. Because I see sometimes, obviously, Patrick Mahomes having a baseball background. You see some really good slides from him. But in here as of lately, because you want to get that extra yard and the ball is in your in your hand, you kind of lean forward or just kind of like dive forward into the ground like like you're laying in bed or something. You just want to dive in your bed for, for <laughs> to go to sleep that night. And that's pretty much what I've been seeing from Patrick Mahomes. And I think that kind of led to him getting hit like he did. They kind of twisted his body around. His head kind of hit the ground. All kind of stuff going on with that, that entire play. I didn't see anything to warn him to get a concussion. From what I looked at it, looking at it several times in slow-mo, I think the front of his head and his helmet area obviously hit the turf. It looked like it hit old dude's arm. It was it right, like it was right. sitting on top of his arm. I'm like, I don't know how. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. It was weird. And then he got up. He was stumbling. And, and <laughs> that, that game, was weird. And in that game, obviously, we saw some good football from Baker Mayfield. I mean, he only got sacked one time. He did throw a pick, but he had, he had an okay game, I guess. What was really interesting to me was besides Baker Mayfield taking off on a couple of little scampers here and there, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb really didn't make as much of an impact, impact. on the game I that I want. Right, right, right. Uh, we had some pretty bad drops by Nick Chubb in that game later in the game when you had a chance to possibly win the game. Missed opportunities. And um, all around, I think Cleveland will be back possibly in this same kind of position the next year. But as of right now, that mm-hmm. game right there was pretty well disappointing in my eyes. I can't say Cleveland will be back because – them as an organization, I don't know what to expect from year to year. They have building blocks. I, I would say that that they can build on, but I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't trust Cleveland organization nowhere. <laughs> so yeah. And so now looking into the next game, now Kansas City has to try to figure out will Patrick Mahomes be ready because I don't think Chad Henney is anywhere close to being ready to take over. He gonna play. You think so? I mean, I feel like. This is where we get that fine line between the NFL safety committee or any kind of right. things like that, and actually doctors just saying, "Yeah, he's good to go." Right. Wink, wink. And without me saying anything on this on this broadcast, he gonna play. I'm <laughs> telling you right now, he gonna play. That's all I'm gonna say. He gonna play. I don't feel like you sign a guy to half a billion dollars and not give him all the talent <laughs> all in the world and and pamper his head and everything until that day. Don't even stress him out. But for intents and purposes, that will probably mean a few days of not practicing for him. Now, for Patrick Mahomes, that may not mean a lot. But at least at this point, we know for Chad Henney, that will mean the world to him because he actually gets the opportunity to go ahead and go in there with some of those guys and get some some reps in. It, whether it be t- handing the ball off uh, to Le'Veon or anybody else on that, on that roster to pass in to Tyreek. So a lot of that stuff is going to be very helpful for him. Because his connection between Travis Kelsey, if he does have to end up playing, is going to be pretty good. That's true. You also got to account uh, Patrick Mahomes has a turf toe. Right. I saw that earlier on in the game. That does not go away within a week. Yeah. That's going to be a lingering injury. They talking about he can, you know, they have medical doctors looking at it and you can do this, that, and that. People have missed seasons because of turf toe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's we can, not going We can pretty away. much to this being also – a big testing point for Andy Reid. So not only to see, obviously, Patrick Mahomes, you, wanna put, you don't want to put the money out there and be like, okay, well, because he's getting paid that much, he should forget the fact that he has a concussion or might have a headache on game day. But it's going to be a big testing point for Andy Reid because they could have easily lost that game. Similar to what happened with, with Baltimore, when you lose a quarterback like that, in that, this kind of situation, how you just plug and play a backup quarterback in that role and say, hey, go out there and make sure we don't lose this game. Or, hey, make sure we go out there and get this game because we got to get to the next round. So... Andy Reid and his coaching staff, obviously, like you said, with the enemy having to possibly sit this one out and say, okay, I'll see what comes up next year, then this may be a big task for them to go ahead and try to just lock in right now. I don't think the enemy is going to be focused on his interviews when he's like, hey, man, I got to see this quarterback's going to be ready and if we can get this next game in so we can go back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, I think the Bills will give them a great, a great difficulty in doing that. Yeah, because the Buffalo Bills defense definitely came out in this last game. Obviously, we talked about – Lamar Jackson going down in that game with a concussion himself. He fell in the end zone, I think it was. Yeah, well, he got hit in the end zone. Yeah, but yeah. He zone, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he got hit. But uh, what happened? He dropped back to pass in the end no, zone. No, they remember the, the 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 center snapped the ball over his head. That's and He right, had to go that's get right. it. And then yeah, I tried to erase that out of my memory because that wasn't the first time it happened in that game. Right. It was like the 
third bad snap. I right. think so they he had, had to, yeah. he had to chase that one down. That's right. I know he ended up in the end zone somehow. I just thought I was hoping and praying was just because of bad field position. Now he running back there to get the ball, and then they come it. They so come their it. defense did show up, obviously, in that game. But the one big takeaway that I saw, obviously, going forward for the Baltimore Ravens, being that they're out of the playoffs and looking forward to next season, would be they need a wide receiver one. They need a, a, a really good wide receiver, like a big-name guy. They're probably not going to be able to get one in the draft this year because of where they're see, sitting at right now as far as their um, draft position. But well, they've been they known to draft well. Now, they haven't been known to draft receivers at all, exactly. ever. <laughs> I think the last one I could really think about to my name would probably be Torrey Smith. That would probably be the last one I could actually think of. Okay, who who was actually made an impact and did so. Okay, right, I right, did, right. Yeah, but uh, no, they haven't been great at death and receivers. They've been great at getting free agent receivers. And that might go to like Julio, exactly, exactly. Odell, uh, if he's available. I think. He, so I don't you just know, named two yeah. guys that already have injury of history, uh, injury history this year alone. So let's see how that how that would even work out. Well, you got to have a guy that's going to be available. Yeah, but Julio hasn't had a major injury. He's, he's been mixed up. Lamar, we have seen a deep ball from Lamar every now and then. We know obviously his strength is his running ability, but we don't want to make that just his niche, right? We don't want to make sure that's the only thing he's going to be doing out there on that field every day. Well, for Baltimore, I think they honestly what they're going to have to do is, uh, uh, what is it, expand their offensive game plans or strategy. Like some of them game plans, you can't bunch everybody up. You got to spread some people out, open it up a little bit. Uh, But I'm going to talk about Buffalo. The thing that scares me about Buffalo is, is if you if you remember they didn't have a rushing attempt in the first quarter or first half of the game mm-hmm. against Baltimore. I'm not sure how that plays going up against Kansas City. Yeah, because you definitely got to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands if he is available to play, and definitely know we know that Devin Singletary is not obviously. I wouldn't I wouldn't really say he's that that guy. His uh, rushing ability is obviously there. He did crack the um, I guess you could say the half. He got over 600 yards this year, but not well, really a, big, um, a whole big old running team because Josh Allen most times was the leading rusher on that team. Well, yeah, but they had Zach. Uh, Zach, uh, what's his name? Uh, I can't think of his name. They had another back. Right. He wasn't the lead back. Uh, I think the other dude got hurt, though, so that's what happened with that. Yeah, because quietly they've had T.J. Eldon on that roster as well, but obviously T.J. Eldon hasn't really been doing has, a whole lot yeah, no, for them. No. Um, their strength, obviously, like we know, we just talked about it, would be their defense. And, of course, Josh Allen's ability to extend the plays and obviously get the ball to Stephon Diggs. Right. That's really what thrives their offense a whole lot. I believe but, in their defense, though. I believe in their defense. I believe they have some good pieces on the defense. Uh, they've been playing great. So, hey, we'll, you know. Yeah, minus the minus the bad snaps that, obviously, Lamar Jackson had. They were able to, <laughs> they were able to sa- uh, sack Ravens quarterbacks four times in that game. And, of course, Big shout-out to, obviously, Tyler Huntley for coming in that game. And, I mean, I saw some good things from him, even though he was an undrafted dude. Yeah, man, I ain't know who said, hey, I'll take, I'll take this this responsibility right now on my own. And, then obviously, he has guys like Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins back there. But at that point, the Buffalo defense already knew what they needed to do to get this game over with. Well, he made a good play. He made a couple of good plays, actually. Yeah. Uh, I know he missed on one, but the the wind was blowing. Absolutely. You got to remember that the wind took the. And we <laughs> talked about it. Obviously, a big difference in the game if Justin Tucker is able to make all those field goals. He missed what was it two of them? I believe. Yeah, he missed yeah, two field goals in two. that game. And if you're going into the fourth quarter, your quarterback gets knocked out, and you're down seventeen to nine. It's a whole different ball game at this point. I think Harbaugh goes into a different mode as far as what needs to be done. More sense of urgency, I guess, by the players as well to actually say, "Hey, we can still pull this thing off." Yeah, and the defense, you know, they was holding their ground for the most part. You know, they gave up some plays here and there, but they was holding their ground. But, uh, you know, they warmed down because the offense wasn't, you know, they, they had good good situations, but then they, they get down there and something happens, you know. So, like the pick, he threw the pick when they it was it was driving. Yeah. It was a hundred and something yard right. return. So, you know, hey. <laughs> that, one, that one's still heartbreaking to me right there because I really felt like that was a drive right there that would actually t- make a difference in the game. It would have been 10-10. Exactly. <laughs> it would have been 10-10 at that point. So, so Buffalo, yeah. obviously, we know a whole lot about their backstory. The four falls of Buffalo, obviously, kind of dictated what really went on with them in the mid-'90s as far as their rush to run to the uh, to the Super Bowl and Super never Bowl. getting that, four that straight, party. Four straight years, man. So It's an accomplishment, Buffalo. That's an accomplishment, they, baby. Now they got some redemption to do because, I mean, getting there is half the battle, obviously, especially against this powerhouse that is the Kansas City Chiefs. You got to try to see, okay, how would we beat the defending champions to get to our own Super Bowl again, and then obviously win it this time around. But their fans, we've always talked about their fans. I've seen crazy stuff from their fans as far as um, doing wrestler moves through tables and tailgates and. <laughs> oh yeah, outside the stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> they're pretty. 
pretty loving fans, I guess you will, pretty intense fans, if you will, because they're in western New York, right? Right. Unless they want to drive down to the city and go watch the Knicks <laughs> put up some points in the garden <laughs> or see what the Yankees are doing that year. Western New York is pretty much all about it's Buffalo Buffalo, football. man, yeah, the Buffalo Bills, yeah. So not only are they pretty intense and, and crazy fans, but they also... I know also, they're loyal. I know they're loyal. They're yeah, they're absolutely to, loyal because, I mean, to, if, you're, you know. if you're filling out that stadium in the middle of January when you're obviously in these freezing cold conditions Frigid. and everything, <laughs> you're, not, you're not necessarily in your right state of mind all the time, but you definitely know you're there to support your team. But they're also some pretty giving fans. I, I would put them up there with probably some of the best fans in football as far as not ever getting a bad rap, but also for their contributions now. So a few years ago, Andy Dalton was able to beat the Ravens while he was with his uh, tenure with the Bengals. And because their 17-year playoff drought had ended due to that, they got propelled into the playoffs. The Buffalo Bills fan were able to donate $250,000 to Andy Dalton's foundation. Right. Okay, so go more recently here. You had Josh Allen's grandmother passing away late last year, and he decided to play the game, the, the, I think it was the next day. And since then, they have donated over a million dollars just by chipping in $17 in honor of his grandmother playing, sorry, um, paying that money for his jersey number. Right. And speaking of jersey numbers, that was most recently done within the past 24 hours now. Those same fans, maybe some more outside of that area who obviously saw a pretty cool thing that obviously that they were doing, they were able to raise so far over $300,000 for Lamar Jackson's foundation, obviously that pays for kids not being... Um, Given meals right now, we are in the pandemic. They're at home, right. obviously, doing some school learning and everything like that. Everybody was able to chip in $8 for Lamar Jackson's jersey number, being that, obviously, they respect the guy. They know he came out there and gave it his all. He was obviously knocked out of the game, but they still want to show some kind of sign of respect for that and say, hey, man, we're, we're going to the AFC Championship. We're trying to get back to the Super Bowl, but we're still showing some respect to you for coming out here and, right. and competing. Right. So, like I said, Buffalo Bills fans give, definitely get a salute from me because, obviously, what's going on with them in – New York in general, like I said, as far as going through all these playoff ups and downs, I think there was a team that obviously had a backup quarterback playing the Super Bowl, I believe it was. Was no. that Frank Reich? No. Or was he Frank the- Reich played in the a- either the AFC Championship game or the AFC Division around when they played the Buffalo Bills in that heroic um, comeback game where Buffalo played prevent the latter yeah, half yeah, and yeah. the Bills came back. Jim Kelly was hurt. Jim Kelly did there play we, in the Super there Bowl. There we go. There we go. There yeah, we go. Jim yeah, Kelly yeah. did play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, yeah. I knew it was somewhere along the line where it was a back and quarterback situation. There was a lot of crazy stuff that obviously had to lead to them getting to these Super Bowls. And obviously now we see Josh Allen, a whole different breed of quarterback, and obviously somebody that they believe can take them to that next level. Now, to go back to some of these games we talked about before, you mentioned obviously after Pittsburgh's elimination in the playoffs, I saw – what I saw was a Roethlisberger tearing up and crying, looking at the stadium like, hey, this might be the last time I actually look at the stadium. But you're saying he might be back. What about what are you thinking about Drew Brees? Because Drew Brees has already put it out there that he may be retiring. Yesterday, watching the game and watching what he did after the game spoke more about what he going to do. I think he's gone. Yeah. He was waving. What no fans out there like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but <laughs> he's waving. Of- he's, and before the game, if you notice, he was playing with his kids. Yeah, he yeah. seems good, like right there. He's he's happy. He's the kids is happy, yeah. right? And then when it was over, he's like, "Yo!" And then he took his helmet off, went in the tunnel, and kind of looked back at the last that last moment, like it's over. You feel me? Right. He's looking like it's over. So I don't know. I think he's gonna retire. Plus, he has a job lined up when he retires. So that's also another thing. I don't have to get hit no more. My ribs right. ain't gotta be hurting because remember he broke what fourteen. Ribs or was it twelve? I can't remember. Whatever he I couldn't remember, breathe. I remember dude. it was a whole lot of ribs. I didn't really know what he had in our body. But <laughs> he couldn't breathe. Okay, so he was hurting. He like man, I ain't gotta hurt no more. So yeah. And a much younger guy, I guess you could say, in comparison to Drew Brees, that was on the other side of that football field. Uh, Gronkowski is saying that he will return for another season after this year. So it would be interesting to see if we saw Tampa Bay versus Kansas City. Those would be the, the I guess you could say, the two most stacked as far as offenses. In the go. Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl. No. You don't see you don't see that combination. No, I'm seeing it as far as like I said, as far as the combination of guys, we would see. Antonio we could talk Brown. about it, but no, we would see Ant- <laughs> <laughs> we would see Antonio Brown in his first Super Bowl. We would see Gronk and Brady back Hold in up. the Super Bowl. Time out. Antonio Brown did play in the Super Bowl that they lost to the Green Bay. So no, that's gonna be his second Super Bowl. That's right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's amazing to think about Antonio Brown being in the Super Bowl and they didn't win it. Like, yeah, that was a pretty good team back yeah. then, right? That was Le'Veon Bell and everybody, right? Yeah. Was Le'Veon no, on the team, man? No, uh, oh, Rashad Mendenhall. 
Okay, that's right. That's before Le'Veon came yeah. along. That's so, right. So, yeah. No, Man, so he, it's not his first Super Bowl. Like, that seems like a, a while ago. I've been more than a decade ago, right? <laughs> We're talking about 2011, I believe, at that point. 10, 11, something yeah, like Super that. Yeah, 45, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. No, f- yeah, but it, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we're after what? Super, Super Bowl 55 right 55, now. 55, right? right? Yeah. yeah. So, 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 yeah, 10 years ago. Yeah, amazing how much time has changed and how obviously things has gone. I mean, we've seen Le'Veon go, Le'Veon obviously get on that team since then, be traded to New York, and then go down Leaving to. Leaving New York and going yeah, to Kansas City. Right. And now he might get his first. He so, won't, but okay, we can talk about it. <laughs> okay, so let me go through some more of my combinations then. We obviously talked about Green Bay. Will it be Green Bay in the Super Bowl then if Tampa Bay is not going to be able to make it? Will you see I'm, Green I'm Bay more, over them? I'm more unsure about the NFC side. Okay. But, like I say, I don't trust uh, Tampa Bay's defense. They had a great they, – they played okay. They played okay. Uh, they, it was opportunistic uh, against the Saints. They rushed him, all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I don't – and they got a pick uh, – Oh, dude, played great. I don't know his name. Number, uh, he's a young dude. I can't think of his name. The cornerback who got the interception, running back. Yeah, got, yeah, 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 yeah. He played. Yeah, so you know, but I don't trust them against Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but on the flip side, you know, Green Bay don't have no great defense either. So exactly. you know, they're, they're, so I don't know. I really but, couldn't name you one person on Green Bay's defense. Really, that I, I could. I really... can name a lot of guys. <laughs> uh, uh, well, a lot of would, guys that would make a difference in that game. Preston Smith. Okay. Uh, uh, the Smith brothers, uh, Zadarius Smith, right, right, yeah, yeah. J.R. Alexander. Yeah, yeah. I can think of, I can think of some guys. They just got to come on with it. But I don't know. But I don't think that that Kansas City is going to get past All right. Buffalo. All right, because yeah, I was going to say vice versa, whatever. Buffalo coming there, but whatever. I was going to say on the on the flip side of things, we just saw the I guess you could say the battle of the, the battle of the insurance companies where we saw Baker versus Patrick and <laughs> being progressive. Because you see the commercials. I swear on the game yesterday, it was. One commercial break you saw uh, Baker's commercials were progressive. The other commercial <laughs> yeah. break you saw Patrick's with State Farm. So now we could possibly see a State Farm Super Bowl if we saw Green Bay and KC go to it, go at it then. But you're saying, you're saying that KC won't get past Buffalo? No. Okay, so we're making game picks right or, down or, there. Or Buffalo's gonna go over whatever because I don't see, because okay, obviously they're going to Kansas City. Right. Right. I don't right. see Kansas City winning that game. Yeah. Like I say, Patrick Mahomes will play. You can mm-hmm. you can mark that down. He will play, but I I don't see them getting past. I don't see uh, I don't see them going to the Super Bowl for trying, over uh overcoming Buffalo. So who do you see as your eventual Super Bowl champion right now? We can go ahead and lock it in right Buffalo. now. Buffalo. So you're saying Buffalo makes Buffalo game. Buffalo is in their fifth Super Bowl or fifth Super Bowl since I can remember. Right. Fifth Super Bowl, Parents, yeah. and this time they win it. So. <laughs> And see, yeah. I'm leaning towards the, the, the NFC side of things. I really feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to make that leap. Well, that's fine. This is that year that obviously, like I said, he's possibly going to get the MVP. Okay, so so you pick so, so you pick Green Bay. Yeah, I'm okay. saying Green Bay and Buffalo. But I, 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 as much as it hurt me to see Buffalo lose another one, I, well, that's why I prefer. I think I, I probably would see KC in that Super Bowl game just to say, okay, we didn't. They see don't Buffalo have to go against Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but 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 if, if if Tampa Bay can somehow win the NFC Championship game. Can you imagine what they're going to say about Tom Brady? Right, right, right. And Man. that's where there's a whole lot riding on this because we really thought that New Orleans, I think going into maybe the latter half of the season, New Orleans had some of the best defense, right? They were at one point ranked number one defense overall and right. everything. Well, they played, they played, they played like it. I mean, they played a game. They played like you it. You give up 30 points eventually to Tom Brady, though, then you still obviously – you give up, th- you give up thirty, but you gotta understand the turnovers. I guess you yeah, say, were the big and, issue right and there. then how they gave up thirty. You remember the bad, well, I ain't gonna say bad calls, the miss, the the calls, the uh, they had a kickoff return, a punt return that got called back because of the guy uh, blocking him in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, stuff like that. And that then, was you crazy. Know, and then and then when your offense gets the ball, they either punt or whatever the situation is. But it took points off the board. And then you as a defense. They made plays, like I say. Oh, uh, Williams didn't get his feet in on one interception. Yeah, man, that, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot going on. And every single year, we've seen this going on from New Orleans Saints right now. And I kind of forecasted it, I guess you could say, in the last episode because we've seen the miracle and all the other stuff that's, that's going right. on. <laughs> yeah, I every that. time, I mean, the, the the bad call with the Rams when it should have been a pass interference, and that's yeah. something we're gonna get into some. I guess you could say in some off season episodes, we can talk about how the competition committee, how the safety committee could do a lot with this pass interference calls. I think they say right now a lot of stuff is non-reviewable. So when they reviewed that play in the KC-Cleveland game where the ball went out the back of the end zone, they weren't able to say, okay, supposedly we could probably call, hey, that was a helmet-to-helmet hit. Right. They just looked at him and was like, oops, sorry for him. Yeah. But yeah. the ball went out the back of the end zone. That's what we're here to determine. So 
we can talk about a lot of that stuff going on in future episodes. But as of right yeah, cause now, yeah, because I got a bone to pick with the competition committee anyway. So yeah, we do that later. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but as of right now, like I said, with New Orleans just not having good luck. I mean, they've been in this 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 far in the NFL's um, divisional round for four years consecutively right now. I don't feel bad for them. <laughs> I mean, okay, okay, you was a kid. As a kid, the Saints sucked. Right. Okay. So now we don't suck no more. We we we're, we're political. We're right. We're, right. We're right. in there. Hey, and we won one Super Bowl. You can't get mad. I can't. I feel bad for you. And <laughs> I think the the most least appealing combination for me would probably be Buffalo Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl possible matchup. Like I said, Tampa Bay would host their Why own. Why is that least appealing though? I just don't see a whole lot coming out of the game. If 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 I rank them by defense, I think that would probably be the lower two defenses that would obviously. Well, I wouldn't say lower two. Let's just say Tampa Bay would probably be lower, but I don't know whose whose defense is better, Kansas City or Buffalo. We we'll probably see that this weekend. Okay, but what they got to do with the Super Bowl game? We want to see some good defensive football. Hold we, up, time out, time out, time out. Okay. Since you said that, let's go back a couple years, because people was upset when the Patriots went. It's against the uh, who they play the Rams. That was a Rams game, and yeah. and it was like nine to three. So you okay? So <laughs> people you wanna, was bad. It was you want to see a, you want to see a competition, but you don't want to see uh, an absolute scoring. <laughs> you don't want to see college football happen on the NFL on NFL screens. Right? No, I feel you. I feel you. Because the Eagles won the Super Bowl against the Patriots, and they gave up five hundred yards to Tom Brady. Right. The score was forty one to thirty three. That was the first time I think it was combined to be almost that to be that many. It was like seventy eight, seventy four points combined. Okay. Nobody wants to see that high score. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. Right. We want to see David. What was his name? Tyree. Yeah, with the, with, with the helmet, the helmet catch. catch. Yeah, we want to see stuff like that. The, the and then, and then, uh, Manningham with the with the other one, the one that right. Eli, yeah. So then, obviously, you see trick plays like the Philly special or the catch or something like that to actually say, yeah, that's what happened in that Super Bowl. Obviously, like you said, we don't want to see. Oh yeah, that was a Super Bowl where they kick field goals all day, or that was a Super Bowl where nobody he even throw a touchdown pass. But at the end of the day, we want to see some good defense out there. You don't want to see just people walking up and down the field. I do want to see good defense. I'm a defensive dude. I do want to see good defense, but I'm just saying. You know, don't go too fast on that because people was saying something <laughs> about that game. That's right. all I'm saying. <laughs> Before you know it, the only highlight would be the halftime show. <laughs> so yeah, which uh uh, if everybody don't know, is gonna be uh 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 the weekend. Uh, yeah, the weekend. Yeah. So yeah, that's for people. A lot who of people don't will know. be obviously trying to tune into that. We'll obviously have to see what kind of news comes out as far as capacity. I think they were talking about maybe 20, 30 something percent. That's the thing, right? This is the Super Bowl, and we talking right, about capacity. Right. You know, this is crazy. That's the game where you obviously. Can't Everybody, be, yeah, 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 it's crazy. So yeah, we're gonna see how that's gonna go. I'm, I'm excited to see, because uh, I don't know. This is a weird, weird thing, weird thing. And if Tampa Bay goes, how do you keep Tampa Bayans away from the yeah. Super Bowl in their own city? And now to talk about some more, I guess you could say, what could possibly happen. We'll get into this more in the next episode when we wrap up the conference championship. Right now, we just kind of set things up as far as what we can see in this next game. But if Tampa Bay does not. Win, win this game, right? Where, where? What's the situation with them like right now? What you mean? Does Tom Brady retire, or is he still gonna be trying to ride this thing on out? Because he's forty three years old, right? Yeah. So he's still he's still up there, obviously. And he said he want to play to forty five. He still have a year left. There you go. And every year that comes out like that, I mean, because obviously we didn't expect Gronkowski retiring. We didn't expect Andrew Luck retiring. We didn't see a lot of these guys just say, "Hey, I'm done." Some of these guys obviously do come back. You might want to take a year off football or a year out just to say, "I'm mean, gonna go ahead." He can't take a year off. He, yeah, it's not allowed to him. No, because he if he's gone, he's gone. He can't take a year off and come back. That's not happening. I'm going to tell you that right now. No. Uh, we, we know about teams with more clear-cut futures like KC. Obviously, they have their quarterback of the future. They have a pretty good roster. They right. have an, a Hall of Fame head coach. So a lot of that stuff right there is pretty much set in stone. Now, Green Bay, obviously, they well, drafted I think, a – Well, I think for Tampa, you, you, you draft a, a quarterback, of course. You don't have to get him high. You can right. draft a quarterback and kind of groom him. Because like I say, Tom Brady, unless he surprises everybody – I think he'll be back next year. And so, obviously, we know, like I said, a team trending like like Buffalo, we probably didn't see him going to the AFC Championship game at the beginning of the season. Later on, obviously, you started seeing the MVP talk go around Josh Allen. You obviously saw Stephon Diggs making the difference that we obviously knew he could make. They haven't lost a game since the Hail Murray. Yeah, I saw that. It's pretty, yeah. pretty much win, win, win. That's all right. they know how to do at this point. So, I mean, like and, I said, trending and, in the right and, direction going to this game. And that game took a last-minute uh Dominique Hopkins to, to do that. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, come on. DeAndre Hopkins, obviously. DeAndre Hopkins. I'm sure, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. Get that, get that crazy play that we'll still be talking about for years to come to try to figure out what's going on with, so, yeah. um, with their team right now would be definitely knowing that going into next year, they still could compete at this level and get into that right direction. So, like I said, 
a team like Green Bay, you're not sure, obviously, what their quarterback situation is going to look like. Aaron Rodgers coming right now. Every, I think it's always been pretty much inspirational for him whenever they draft a quarterback. It's like, oh, yeah, that's what you want to do? All right, let me go show you what I can do. Well, I don't know if we talked about this before, but I don't feel like that. If you recall, he sat down like four years before he got a chance to play because Brett yeah, yeah, yeah. was there. So, he, so yeah. So, like, it, like I said, going into the same kind of mind, mindset or whatever, he noted that obviously grew him in his replacement at some point. So he's right, going to keep on playing at that high level. He could fine. be going to 43 years old himself trying to do this thing <laughs> in the NFL because he'll never let them get the opportunity to, to replace so, yeah. him. So, you know. So, obviously, what? Our next episode, we're going to talk about, obviously, the wrap-up of, of Championship Talk about Sunday. the wrap-up championship, who going to the Super Bowl. Set of the Super Bowl game. Uh, this Pro Bowl situation. We can talk about that, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, We got some stuff coming yeah, with the Pro Bowl. That it's would a different be year. Obviously, interesting to see. We don't have any fans. They won't be making the trip to Orlando or to uh, Hawaii. Hawaii. I used point. to love the Hawaii's Pro Bowl, man. We're talking and about we, that. And we yeah. just recently got a good chance to see in the, what was it, the skills challenge stuff kind of come back to right, to the right. NFL's um, weekend there where, you, where nobody really wanted to watch the Pro Bowl anyway. It was I like the to, skills challenge stuff. It was great to see who was actually making the Pro Bowl, but actually watching the game itself it was really, really interesting. I think I could probably watch a – a celebrity football game more than I would be interested in the Pro Bowl. I feel so. you on that. Maybe I should, maybe I should think about that. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Like, yeah, <laughs> think about that. But, yeah. but we should have some stuff come out. The word work with that one too. I mean, we still got to get to more stuff in the NBA as the, the first half of the NBA season kind of winds down and see what a lot of these teams need still to make that extra push. Because like I said, a team like the Miami Heat, they can still do a lot more right now on theirs. We can see some more stuff obviously going into another week of watching the Brooklyn Nets basketball that's obviously being – created there and if we'll Kyrie, see if Kyrie come back right yeah, right yeah. right so we got a lot of stuff to get into still it's always a fun week in football a fun week in sports and overall to talk about so we'll catch y'all guys next time on the uh, all-inclusive sports, all-inclusive podcast. sports podcast see y'all